All right, everyone. How you doing? I'm Sergio from Dodgeball Podcast, and here with me I have my first guest from Chicago. Um, how you doing, man? Let let the people know who you are. I'm good. Uh, this is Nico Nodell. Uh, I've played on several teams, but I'm currently the captain of Chicago Task Force in the North Region. Happy and to we'll be de- here. <laughs> and we'll definitely get into um, definitely get into that transition. Uh, but before we continue with, on with that, uh, get some of these preliminaries out the way. Um, so what's your jersey number and what's the story behind it? So whenever possible, I try to have number eight. Um, it was my dad's favorite number. He liked the number eight, uh, because it doesn't end, right? If you just flip it to the side, it's an infinity symbol, um, which I thought was pretty cool. So usually eight, if I can't have eight, it's like four or two. So some, some number that goes into eight. And if not, then it's like 17 because one plus seven is eight. So yeah, anything revolving around eight. (laughs) (laughs) So... It's funny, you said that, Steve Damon said that, Jenny Hodge said that, and there's a few guests who've said that before, so it's just like, at this point, I'm just going to say it, this number is cursed. Everyone has a, there's like a cult following behind it. You guys all live separately, but somehow you guys all have that same belief. It's just uh, a cool number. It's obviously superior, it seems. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I mean, the only time I ever rock a number eight is um, either A, I'm you know, either force two when, you know, I play soccer or, you know, if I have a Kobe Bryant jersey, I have three of them in the, in my closet. So oh, yeah, yeah. There, there's two number eights in there, but yeah, otherwise uh, I'll, I'll just stick with the one I got. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I kind of, I kind of know a little bit about you. Um, I know more so though. I don't want to, I don't want to make them sound old, but the older statesmen of task force. Mm-hmm. So They're old I kind of want to, Huh? They're old. It's fine. <laughs> you could say that. I'm not trying. I'm trying to go out there and feel welcome. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to get a pinch throw once I get off O'Hare. <laughs> it's it's fine. As long for as long as I've known them, they made fun of me for being the the kid. So, well, you still look like a kid. Oh well, thank you. I, <laughs> I mean, you, you perpetually have not aged. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> so, hopefully, I can keep that going for a while. You, Gage, Cameron Parkey, um, mm-hmm. yeah. And you're not even in Arizona, so there's got to be something in Chicago that I'm missing. Um, having come from Detroit, I just there's clearly something out there that's anti-aging for you. Uh, so let's kind of get into your uh, origin. So, um, what was your like first time playing dodgeball, and how was that experience like? Um, yeah, so the first time playing dodgeball in a competitive setting. I'm not counting like grammar school, which I only got to play for a little bit because then it was banned. Um, but first competitive experience was in uh, one of those trampoline parks um, near my parents' house. It was called, it still is called uh, Sky High, so like a competitor to Sky Zone. Mm-hmm. Um, I have four younger brothers, uh, and <clears throat> my dad, our whole family is, you know, into sports. So, like, for as long as I was uh, growing up, we always had, you know, family sports events, picnics and stuff like that. So we were just looking for something to do. And we found out that that Sky Zone had a dodgeball tournament. Um, and so we that sounded like fun. We had enough people. Um, we needed six. So we had myself. Actually, we needed five. We had myself, three of my younger brothers, and my dad. So we went to this tournament. Uh, we played. Uh, I don't remember if we won or came in second the first tournament we played, but... 
we were hooked from then on um and we ended up going almost every uh almost every month it was monthly tournaments so almost every month we went and played in those tournaments and that was the first experience we had playing a competitive dodgeball wow so it was a family affair right off the bat yeah it was yeah a lot of things start out with uh with family for me um we went as so at the time we were obsessed and still are kind of obsessed with the movie uh, nacho libre so we went as the orphans um i don't know if you've seen the movie but i've seen yeah <laughs> so we went as the orphans um and that's eventually the people who ran that place came to know us as the orphans um, because, oh, no. because they'd see us every month um yeah <laughs> Um, I find it hard to believe if no one hasn't, hasn't seen the movie, but I'll kind of explain it for people who have, who haven't, um, Nacho Libre is a comedic movie, uh, starring Jack Black. He plays a, what, overweight luchador, uh, trying to win money for his orphanage. He's a, he's a man of the cloth. Man of, yeah, okay. <laughs> he's a man yeah, he's, of God. <laughs> he's a man of God who masquerades as a yeah. luchador, um, and I feel the reason not many people know that movie is because people are more synonymous. They know him for School of Rock. That's true. That's which true. is my favorite movie. Um, and if he, if, and, but then again, like I said, I find it hard to believe if no one has ever seen Nacho Libre. And um, you said you had brothers that started out playing with you. Are any of them currently active or have they transitioned to elite premiere? Yeah. So my brother Isaac. Uh, I'm sure some people know him. He plays with Corruption. Um, and my brother, Josiah. So Josiah is the second eldest underneath, right underneath me. <clears throat> right underneath me. And then Isaac is the third eldest. Um, they both play for Corruption. Josiah on and off, just because he's a, he's a busy dude. But mm. Isaac um, plays more regularly, or at least did when, you know, when we weren't dealing with COVID. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's always yeah. the, the heartbreaker to bring that up. Um, yeah. So safe to assume uh, your first impression. And yes, uh, we do. I, I actually live an hour. Well, I live about 30 minutes actually away from a close to sky high and they did have monthly tournaments. So, oh, so, so, so there are some outside of Chicago area. Cause I never knew, uh, I've never seen any anywhere else in the country where I've been. So I figured it was <laughs> like a local thing. Um, well, yeah, there's one in Woodland Hills, um, which is about 30 minutes from where I live. I think that's the one um, Nick Factorin of uh LADC slash meat um i know he i think he ran that one if it wasn't that one he ran the one in orange county i want to say um yeah there's a there's a few uh i think there's one also in um i don't know if it's in dallas or grand prairie but there's definitely a few around that i know of uh so you're not that far you're not alone in that end um so you didn't start out like in the NCDA scene or anything? He, uh, how old no. were you when you, <laughs> when you played uh, in Sky High? So I think the first tournament I was in my senior year of high school. Um, and actually that those tournaments, that, so, you know, we started to play dodgeball a lot. Um, and that directly led into um, my next step, which was uh, DePaul. So I went to DePaul University. And if you know the NCDA at all, um, DePaul is one of the schools that is part of the NCDA. They were actually one of the founding uh, teams of the NCDA. And so when I was a freshman in college, I was just trying to figure out, you know, what I was going to do to fill the time. 
um, because I found in college you have a lot of free time. So I was looking for, you know, athletic stuff, um, and I found out they had this dodgeball club, and I was like, no way. Uh, I play dodgeball, so let's go see how that is. And it was it was amazing. Um, you know, first night, I step onto a basketball court, and there's like 40 people on each side of the court. It's just complete madness, but it was so much fun. Um, so I, you know, I, I regularly showed up there and eventually, uh, they had guest nights and I would start to see some of the people who at the time, um, were playing, you know, elite and, you know, higher level competitive tournaments, you know, non NCDA stuff. So, uh, I saw, uh, Kat Takeda, um, Vegum, Bigoli, uh, Michael Pena would show up. Uh, I think I saw Glenn once or twice but the cool thing was uh i'm one of those people who tries to research a lot you know whatever it is that i'm into i try to research and learn a little bit more about it so i remember <laughs> there's a joke about how michael pena um is a youtube superstar and the funny thing is <laughs> I, the first time i saw him was on youtube because i because i just googled right in google i just youtube dodgeball and his videos showed up. So I was amazed that, you know, the first guest night that Dad, uh, DePaul Dodgeball had, I saw him. I was like, holy, oh, sorry, wait, you, you got to edit that out. But, uh, I will. Yeah, but, uh, but, oh, man, I've actually seen that guy on YouTube. And then later on, I found out that was a running joke in the community. I was like, that's hilarious because I actually <laughs> didn't see that guy on YouTube. So I know who he is. Um, and, it, you know, it was just fate, I guess, that he ended up being a, a teammate of mine later on. But... But yeah, so I started meeting people, um, and then it kind of flip-flops between uh, NCDA. Well, not NCDA yet, because I didn't actually play in the NCDA. I just went to DePaul's um, weekly, um, you know, fun fun nights or whatever. So I was still going to those Sky High tournaments um, with my family whenever I could. And, it, and you know, we, we ended up winning most of those tournaments, so at, by this point, teams kind of stopped showing up because we kept winning them, which was a little depressing, but, you know, it was kind of a, it was a compliment to us, right? Um, but there was one tournament where um, some members of the old DWO, um, you might know that team from, like, the first couple Way of back nationals. Back in the day. Yeah, the first couple of nationals, um, at least that I was a part of in Vegas. Um, a couple of those team members, uh, I think it was Marcus Furman and... Uh, I don't remember who else came with him that day. Uh, Mike Esparza, uh, I think it was. But they, they came to the Sky High tournament, and um, we beat them. But on the side, when they were waiting to play, I, they were throwing around a, an 8.5 rubber ball. Um, and I was like, hey, we play with those at, at DePaul. Um, and they're like, oh, we know people from DePaul. So that's another way I met people in the community. Mm. Um, you know, they saw me play i saw them play so then they invited me to play in uh one of the elite tournaments that came up uh well, it was before the series was established so it was just like a one-off-ish elite tournament in the north um and then they also invited me to play in a, a cdp or at the time it was w wds yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was it was the Chicago branch of WDS. Now it's known as CDP, Chicago Dodgeball Party. But they invited uh -huh. me to play with them in that league, which was no thing. Um, and that's 
how I got into knowing about the the community, you know, higher than uh, local the local scene. At the same time, you know, I was invited to tournaments in the NCDA, so it, it was kind of at the same time I got into NCDA and also the the elite type tournaments. So, and then after that, I just kept playing. So it seemed like you were a bit of a networker. Yeah, not not intentionally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just. You know, it just happened that people who, you know, because cause the dodgeball community, you know, once you're once you're in it, you kind of, you start to know everybody, you start to know names, um, especially in the Chicago, because the people who play dodgeball in Chicago, we all know each other, right? If you played dodgeball in Chicago, more than likely, you're going to know someone who knows me, I'm going to know someone who knows you, right? right. Um, so, yeah, I just was kind of, by chance, happened upon all those those people in that community, you know, and then made the transition into playing with them and uh, haven't looked back since. Well, it's a beautiful decision that you haven't looked back since, but I also wanted to touch on something because um, mm -hmm. I think I know what you're talking about. Do you remember the Michael Pena video? Um, what it was exactly? Because I think oh. I know what you're talking about. Oh, of course. It was pretty much like different ways to <laughs> pinch throw foam, right? Yeah, that was one of them. <laughs> yeah, there was the, the, the spinning uh backhand video I, there were like several videos so there was that one there was some video it was like called advanced a uh, dodgeball offensive technique <laughs> something like that yeah <laughs> i remember laughing because it was like advanced advanced offensive techniques or whatever but if you watch the video what it basically amounts to is everyone throw your ball at the same time yeah <laughs> uh, advanced at so, the time but yeah people now um so when I think about that, I, I just, I laugh because cause now that, you know, playing at a high, at a high level, you know, ball control is pretty big. So it doesn't seem very advanced now to just everyone throw your ball. But, um, <laughs> you know, at, but at the time I was like, oh man, that looks pretty cool. So. <laughs> Michael Pena, YouTube superstar. All right. You got your little shout out here. Um, <laughs> so Obviously, you had a great first impression uh, playing dodgeball. Mm -hmm. You networked like crazy, and you say you often play like with your family for the most part. Um, mm -hmm. Did you have a sports background growing up? Outside oh, of yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Like I said, so just growing up, uh, my entire family, both sides of my family, mom and dad um, side, they they grew up together. So like back in the day, I remember watching old you know VHS recordings of both sides of my family playing on like a team, you know, family softball team. Um, so like, you know, every family picnic birthdays outside ended up being, you know, we'd play volleyball, um, softball, you know, throw a football around. So sports were a huge part of my life. Yeah. Even from a, from a little, from a little kid. So as it goes, um, in high school, I played, uh, we didn't have a football, my high school didn't have a football team. So I played 16 inch softball, um, I played uh, basketball for a year, and then I switched to bowling, which I don't consider bowling a sport, but just going through the the list. Um, and then in the spring, I played volleyball. But uh, but even then, I would still play, you know, recreationally, flag football or really whatever else I could could get to. Um, at the time, it was just you know play as much as possible. That was pretty much all I wanted to do. So you were never really like an indoorsy type of kid. You were always outdoors in some way. Oh yeah, 
for sure. <laughs> um, outdoors as much as possible. Um, yeah, because at, at the time, there wasn't really too much to do inside, right? Because we didn't have, I don't remember when, but for the most part, I remember not having cable as a kid. Um, so it's just like the same channels that we would watch. Um, I, I did read a lot, actually. If I was inside, it was I was usually reading. Uh, I was one of those kids where, like, my parents would have to take the book away as a punishment, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah. So if I wasn't inside reading, um, I was usually outside playing. And, and that's where having four younger brothers really helped because, um, fortunately, I always had someone to play with, right? So if it wasn't, like, my parents and my brothers who are not too much younger than me, we were always outside playing together. So, uh, yeah, there really wasn't ever a time where I can remember I, I wasn't playing something. <laughs> were you like reading comic books or what were you reading that they had to take away? No, it was uh, really whatever I could get my hands on. It was, there was a lot of like fantasy sci-fi stuff. So like the Harry Potter books, um, what else? No, I don't remember. But like, <laughs> and, and it would just be like random stuff. Like you know, my mom was a big reader, so I'd go and read whatever she had lying around. If it was like random anatomy books or you know <laughs> but it really whatever um or if i didn't have anything to read i would read like the ingredients of cleaning supplies from the bathroom all right so it's very rare that i get to say this but you're a bigger nerd than i am oh yeah for for, <laughs> for sure i don't know i don't know how you would measure nerdiness but yeah that's no. definitely an accurate well, uh, well, growing up, I mean, I would, I would say that, I, you know, I had a big, fa- I have a big family too. And um, yeah, I would always have someone to play with, but I was also reading like comic books and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was like seven, eight, maybe 10 years old when I was really re- uh, reading the killing joke and like reading like even mature anime. And I was mm-hmm. just, I was always a big, big reader. I love that. Yeah. Um, but I, I would never, you know, and I'm just going to name brain here. I'm not, not going to pick up a box of Cheerios and read what's in it. I'm just going <laughs> to pour pour milk in the bowl and then have some fun with it. I'm not going to read whatever the ingredients are in bleach. And yeah, just yeah. Know, I'm not going to drink it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you over here trying to break down anatomy and stuff like that. You're definitely, uh, what was it, uh, like a nerd. You're you're a nerd plus. That's what you I are. Mean, I mean, yeah, it wasn't it it wasn't because I wanted to. It was usually a product of I me mean, having read everything already and not wanting to reread something. So I was like, oh well, what else can I That's go, fair. And, go and read? <laughs> That's fair. So um, I'm gonna actually ask you a few things. This mm-hmm. might be a little bit embarrassing. Um, so we're gonna we're definitely gonna switch up the the pace of this. So um, apparently, you played a tournament years ago. And the team dedicated this team name to you. So explain the history behind the name Quiet Down Nico. I, to be <laughs> completely honest, I'm not even sure how that happened. I, as, as far as I can remember, <laughs> what, what would happen is sometimes, so task force, um, for like random recreational like church tournaments that Glenn happened to find, you know, I would play with them, right? And if they, for whatever reason, sometimes they would go to a tournament and I wasn't able to make it. But usually it seemed like when they would come back from these tournaments, there would be some sort of inside joke that I would be the butt of because I wasn't there. So I just remember 
all of a sudden, you know, I was, I don't even know what exactly happened, but all of a sudden I kept getting told to, to be quiet and that I was too loud. And honestly, I still don't know exactly how that came about, but <laughs> you know, it just became this thing that grew like people who weren't even part of task force, basically all of, you know, the Chicago dodgeball community would randomly tell me like, Hey Nico, can, can you quiet down or you're too loud, Nico, you need to, you need to be quiet. It's like, I'm not even shouting. I don't understand. But yeah. You, so that's, were you soft-spoken? I wouldn't say I'm soft-spoken, but I don't I definitely don't think I'm a, a loud person. Um, that would explain at it. Le- at least not normally. So that's probably what it came to. But I, I, I couldn't tell you how exactly that came about. <laughs> well, I guess you were pretty much so soft-spoken that whenever you even breathe, you were too loud. I guess so. And when, it, <laughs> whenever you missed a tournament, <laughs> they can hear you from however far they were. Yeah, I, you'd have to you'd have to ask those. Weirdos. I mean, dare I How say you've been too, dare I say you've been too loud the entire time we've been talking. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be a fun edit for sure. It's been a uh, while. It's been a while since I've heard it. All right. So, what is the origins of yes, yes, chef? Yes, chef. Oh, yeah. uh, that was. Um, I think it was. Uh, so myself, Task Force, a few other people in the dodgeball community were, were hanging out, um, I think, at, at Zarin's place. And we were playing uh, the video game Overcooked. Um, and obviously, there's there's drinking involved, so not everyone was completely sober. But, you know, we were just playing this game that's just madness in, in and of itself. And then you have all these, you know, weird people, um, you know, just shouting <laughs> random things. We also, uh, Andy Maraquin Mer- oh, uh, in the West Coast, yeah. I think he was with us. And he's a crazy person. Uh, So, you know, it was just a lot of shouting random crap. But also um, a couple of, at least I know for a fact myself and uh, Brett Furlong, we watch uh, a fair amount of Chef Gordon Ramsay. Um, (laughs) So it's just this thing when we were playing, you know, this cooking game, someone would shout out like, give me a, give me an onion or, you know, chop that meat or I don't know, cook the, cook the mushrooms i don't know i don't know but uh it'd be like yes chef someone would just shout yes yes chef <laughs> um so yeah now it's just the thing that we say is yes chef yeah um i was wondering where that was going and then yeah gordon Ramsay, and i was thinking hell's kitchen and i was mm-hmm. like okay this definitely makes sense now that i think about it um what about good onions oh same same thing i think that was same, uh, same principle? Andy, that was an andy original uh, oh, I did this. <laughs> yeah, that same night I think is is when that came about. Um, so when you're playing, you have to chop the onions. So you have to like get the onions from a, a little container, and you have to take it to like a chopping station. If you haven't played the game, it's fantastic. I recommend playing. Is it, it. PlayStation, Xbox? What is I, it? I think it's on like every system now. It's a oh, co-op. Wow. It's a couch co-op thing. You can play, you know, with you know, people in the same room um, or online, but. Uh, yeah, so so we were playing, and you have to you have to chop onions before you can use them in a, in a dish. And so Andy would call for you know I need an I need an onion, and someone would give him an onion, but it wasn't chopped. And he's like, no no no, this isn't good. I need a good onion, and a, and a good onion was one that was chopped, and it's it just you know it just stuck. So now it's like you know I need a good onion over here instead of chopped onions. Just give me a good onion. Is uh, Brett a chef? 
no. I mean, not that I, not in any professional capacity. Um, I know <laughs> okay, he I'm likes, I know he likes, I know he likes to, he likes to cook. I've had some of his food. He had like a, not too while ago, not too long ago, he got a, a smoker and he smoked some meat. And since I live not too far oh, from oh, him, oh. He would, he'd give me some. So quite, safe to, quite good. Safe to assume uh, he can hook it up with some brisket. He probably can. Yeah. All right. So um, I guess I'll let you guys know if I ever go out to O'Hare, and um, if it happens to coincide with a cooking fest, uh, I won't be mad. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, this is just going to be a reminder to me to edit this in post. But try me. Where did that come from? <laughs> um, that's another. Another video game, uh, Task Force video game story. Um, so we also play these games uh, called the Jackbox games. It's like you could play. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, you're familiar. So it's like these mini games you can play with people on your phones. Um, and there's one where um, you design T-shirts. Um, so like someone, you know, everyone has to draw pictures and then you have to come up with like random slogans and everyone gets them all switched up and then you have to make a t-shirt out of the random pictures and slogans that you're that you're given and so um and then eventually the t-shirts you make are put up against someone else's and everyone votes on which ones they they like best and and one of the ones that um that won on that particular night we've played this game so many times i don't remember when but (laughs) on that particular night uh i believe the t-shirt was it was a it was a banana with arms and legs um and a face so this anthropomorphic banana that was hands on his hips, looking uh, full of attitude, and the, and the slogan at the bottom was was, ch- and so it's just really funny. Um, that T-shirt won, I think. Oh, and the cool thing about it is um, you can actually buy the T-shirts. Like the the oh. game lets you buy the T-shirts. I think Furlong bought that shirt, so I think Furlong has a shirt with that banana that says "Try me." <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he does. All right, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of like age myself a bit. So I'm into like collecting, just in, you know, memorabilia. Mm-hmm. I like memorabilia, um, especially dodgeball jerseys and stuff. Oh yeah. Um, my biggest thing is I'd like to add is like a an old school task force uh, shirt. Back when they had the unicorn symbol, oh, regardless yeah. of whatever color, because you guys pretty much had every color. It seemed like. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm looking to hopefully if Brett is listening, I hope Brett you're listening. This is me subliminally just putting that out there. Uh, if you can make a shirt available, I'll definitely buy a few in large for sure. <laughs> I'm just putting that out there. I'm trying to manifest it. Let's just make it happen. <laughs> so if I can get that and I'll just wear it at the first tournament I can, that'd be the coolest shirt on the market. Yep. Test <laughs> banana shirts. Um, so pretty much, um, and I can attest to this. I, I hung out with you guys back in 2018, Minneapolis, um, filming um, some stuff for, uh, for a mm-hmm. documentary. And um, I can say you guys are pretty much, how do I say this? You guys are pretty much even keel. Like, the, yeah, you guys mm-hmm. talk strategy, but for the most part, you guys are just so relaxed and you guys have this like fun atmosphere to be around as a unit. Um, what, do you, what do you feel... Um, is like the main driving force behind that because normally in a tournament some would argue that you would be razor focused and Mm -hmm. and sharp and being in the moment and you guys are just having a good laugh like it was just another day for you guys like what was the secret to that chemistry that 
you would say you can share with people um, trying to build teams? Yeah. Um, so I think there's a couple a couple facets to that. So so I'll start with like personally why I think um, I'm like that, and then I'll kind of get into why I think the team is like that and kind of the Chicago scene um, as a as a whole too. But so as far as myself, I've never really been like a like um I've always been competitive right because i've always played sports and winning is fun right no one no one likes to lose um but um my dad was uh, always this um always told me you know we we don't we don't talk right um we 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 talk you know with our play right so i was never one who was like trash talking a lot it was always you know if i'm gonna beat you i'm gonna i'm gonna do it because I'm better than you and I'm not really going to say much about it. You're just going to know. Right. Um, that, so I've never really been a big talker when, when, when playing. Um, and then when I got to DePaul, uh, unfortunately the saying at, at DePaul dodgeball was, you know, we're undefeated because, you know, as long as we're having fun, um, we, we've won. Right. So we were undefeated, but in actuality we got defeated a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we, we didn't win very many games. Um, and it was just because, you know, at, at DePaul, the, the higher emphasis was on just having fun and enjoying, enjoying the, the game. So, um, DePaul really taught me, you know, how to, how to, how to lose, I guess. Um, you know, just how to enjoy the game for what it, for what it is. And so, um yeah that just kind of helped me to you know still be competitive but it's you know it's it's a it's a game you're gonna lose sometimes right and you just gotta you gotta roll with it um you know my dad was really big on you know if you're if you're gonna lose you know figure out why you lost but you know you lose lose with with grace right? right um so then you know just I, I just think the the Chicago scene, you know, everyone kind of knew each other, right? And if you're in the Chicago scene, odds are you've played with or against everyone at some point, right? And just just that whole camaraderie in the scene where everyone knows each other, everyone plays against and with each other like all the time, um, you know, you know, and then we'll go to like a bar afterwards or just hang out. So I think it just really lent itself lent itself to like a an atmosphere of um, just camaraderie over super hyper competitiveness where, you know, if I had an issue with you on the court, it's going to carry into off the court. It didn't really happen too much, at least in my experience. And it, and as, and by extension, you know, the guys um, on task force were part of that community. You know, they were from the suburbs for the most part. Um, But, and they've been playing a lot longer than I have. And so maybe, maybe it was because, you know, they've been playing for for a while before I had even start I had even started um, playing. Maybe it was just like the the experience they had. You know, just having you know been there. You know, they'd won a lot. They'd probably you know lost a good amount too. Just having that that uh, that wisdom, I guess. Um, I think it just I think it just ended up being a, a a good fit when I joined because I you know I I had learned kind of just not to take myself too seriously. And they, it seemed, when I had got there, were, um, were pretty much the same. I mean, Glenn was, 
Ben was always super, super competitive. Um, he would, you know, sometimes it would kind of freak me out how like quiet and just intense he would get. <laughs> uh, but as I got to got to know him, and you know, it, it didn't really didn't really impact me too much. But you know, you could see it was just like that that hyper uh, competitiveness and, and focus that uh, is something I kind of took. And it's like you know, you want to be as good as him. You, you kind of you need that it can't just all be fun and games you can't just be like oh, oh well i lost you know we'll get them next time it's like no if you're gonna compete and you and you want to and you want to be successful when you compete you gotta you have to be you have to focus so i think that's where you kind of get into what you mentioned where you know when we're playing on the court right we're focused um but then you know when we're not playing we're we're, we're just relaxed with each other you know we've we've been playing for so long together in some sort of capacity, whether it's like recreational random church or, or fundraising tournaments that Glenn happened to find, you know, recreational leagues in Chicago, the tournaments that, you know, are around the Chicago area. It's just a, a comfortableness, I think, um, that gets you to that point where we can at the same time be, you know, really competitive and, and focused on what we need to do on the court. And then as soon as we're off the court, go back to being idiots and <laughs> saying stupid stuff to each other. <laughs> um, you know, and even even to the point, it, it kind of depends on what the situation is too. Because you know, if we're like at an elite tournament or a, you know a highly competitive tournament, you know, we're not going to be screwing around on the court too much. But if we're at like a you know a recreational tournament or in you know in like the CDP leagues, you know, even on the court, saying stupid things, making you know stupid hand gestures to each other, um, <laughs> you know, Gordo likes to pants people, so. <laughs> He'll, he'll probably I think I caught that on camera. Yeah, yeah. He'll probably he'll probably try and pinch me a couple times <laughs> while I'm playing. Um, yeah. So it's just it's just the, the comfortable the comfortableness we have with each other. I think that lends it to that, you know, switch between focus and having fun. Yeah, I would say. Um, and you mentioned something a little bit uh, that, you, well, you kind of hinted. You said it a few times. Where if you played in Chicago you at some point played with or against everyone if you mm -hmm. played long enough. And it kind of reminded me of this clip. Um, I think, and I don't know this, if I'm, I'm blanking on the story behind it, but apparently, um, oh, I, I know, it was uh, Chicago Kaiju. Uh, are they Chicago? Yeah, they're Chicago, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, all right, so Kaiju were playing this tournament and for whatever reason, prior to the, I guess it was already pre-planned, -pre uh, and sorry, Devin, I'm going to mention this because it kind of reminded me of it. Four of the players like jumped out of bounds or jumped and did a suicide, but instead of striking, um, I don't even know who they played. It was just so funny. They just like dropped the ball down and pretty much left De Devin hanging. And um, yeah, sorry, Devin, that was, that was a bad one. Uh, <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like to explore why that happened, but it kind of reminded me of what you said. Like sometimes you guys have that switch between having fun and then just being razor sharp focus and um it kind of just reminded me of that scene because it's just it's humor it's funny <laughs> i yeah. mean you're talking about uh you know your teammate pantsing you and then i'm talking about this guy who got left hanging and got blasted <laughs> in the is, north is it, i hope it is it the hope where it he gets in the face huh is it where he gets hit in the face like no that was miles oh wait i think i'm confusing what clips you're we're talking about. Okay, okay, okay. So I'm gonna set the scene. Um, I want to say this wasn't pinch. Now I think about it. it, wasn't. It was open division. 
it looked like Kaiju only had five players. Um, so they start off with five and the players are, you know, they rush, they get the ball and they're talking and you can see Devin in the background talking about, you know, corner left, corner left, and the team is huddling. But instead of like switching, like you should, they all jump, like they're going to do a suicide back when we were able to do those. Mm-hmm. And then he just dropped the ball down and <laughs> you can see Devin kind of put his hands up like what? <laughs> and I, I forgot who the, it might've been Grand Valley. It might've been, might have been corruption, but it was one. It was a team who picked up all the balls and blasted Devin for it. Oh, I, so I don't know if I've seen the clip, but I've you seen know what I'm talking about. I've seen something like that happen, um, <laughs> you know, so many, so many times. Yeah, that was that could have been anything. That could have been, um, a, a you know, a joke on the in the team. They're like, hey, let's just screw with uh, let's just screw with Devin and all jump out of bounds or you know, and completely leave the game. But they didn't even jump out of bounds. They jumped ahead as if oh. they were going to do suicide. <laughs> but instead of throwing the ball forward at whoever they were facing, they just dropped it. Yeah. I I mean, I'd have to see the clip, but that could have been anything. <sighs> almost, almost certainly, though, something to mess with Evan. Yeah. Um, and it could have uh, been, been organized with whoever the other team was. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it yeah, was because yeah. it looked like everybody was on it, but Devin and the refs. Yeah. <laughs> Because you can kind of see in the clip that uh, even the refs were kind of confused. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was like, I don't know, are you a fan of uh, wrestling? Um, I don't watch it too much, no. Okay, so there's a term called uh, a work. Mm-hmm. So pretty much like everyone is in on the joke but one person. Oh, and that looked like a total work to me. It was just like, okay, this yep. team, not I don't know, Devin's the team captain, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so he was the only one not in on it, but everyone else is. <laughs> so they, they pretty much did a work on him. <laughs> yeah. Sounds, sounds like it. Sounds about right. Uh, I'm going to get an angry message from Devin. I know. Um, <laughs> don't hurt me too bad. Um, all right. So we kind of get into all that uh, before, but before we go into the crowdsource questions, I want to ask a two part question. Mm-hmm. Um, who are your role models in dodgeball and who are your role models out of dodgeball? Um, you can start, answer that in any order you like. Yeah, I'll start with I'll start with out. Um, it's going to be super uh, sappy, but for for outside of dodgeball, role models definitely are my parents. Um, I mean, it just I they I'm pretty. I'd have to say I'm pretty satisfied <laughs> with how they with how they raised me and, and my and my brothers. Um, I, I'd have to say we're pretty. We're pretty good people, but the the thing is that we're a pretty close family, and um, sometimes you know when we'd be you know with with friends and we'd see other uh, you know other families, it's not always like that, unfortunately. So, especially as as I grew older and now that I have my own family, you know I have a a little human child as well. <laughs> um, it, you know it it just uh, as I get older, you kind of you know you you know your parents say like you know you'll understand when you get older it's like the dumbest thing so aggravating to hear when you're young but um it definitely makes sense you know as i got older i kind of understood you know they they raised us pretty well we're 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 a close family even even to this day and um you know they never you know they were always very supportive of the things we wanted to do um which you know was always sports but at the same time they wouldn't let us you know like quit if we if we wanted if we just wanted to like I remember there was one year when I was little that I was really struggling um 
in baseball. Like it just wasn't fun anymore and I didn't want to play, but they wouldn't let me quit because they're like, hey, you made a commitment. You need to see it through. You don't have to play from here on out after this season, but, you know, you committed. You told us you wanted to do it. So, you know, just the values that I that I um, really value in myself and, and, and my family, um, they they really uh, showed and, and, and led by, by example. So they're huge uh, heroes of mine and, and influences. Um, so, and then for, for dodgeball. Oh, and, and, and also, you know, they're both really good at, you know, um, my mom doesn't play too many sports, uh, my dad much more so, but, you know, he was, he was really good as well. Like he was, a um, he was a prospect or, a uh, in, in baseball when he was in high school, like he was, you know, close to getting drafted. Unfortunately, he was like injured. Uh, he messed up his shoulder or something, but, you know, so he was really good at, at sports as well. So he was always someone who could provide, um, advice and whatever, whatever we were doing. Um, yeah. So going into dodgeball, um, first, first couple role models, um, uh, it's really people who, who were able to teach me things to, to, that like help develop my, my game. So like, it's going to be a bunch of people. Um, but when I got to DePaul, um, there was a guy, his name was Peter, Peter Garon. Um, he, he led me to this revolution that I can jump to dodge a ball in, uh, <laughs> in dodgeball. Cause I had always just like ducked or, or like shied away from a ball that was coming for me. But I, but, but he's like, Hey, you should, you should jump. And because he, he was always jumping so that, you know, if you see me play now, I, I, I jump a fair amount when I dodge. Um, <laughs> so, you know, even if something as simple as that, you know, that one comment, you know, hey, you should jump sometimes. <laughs> um, you know, so I, I always am uh, very thankful to him. And then everyone at DePaul who, you know, the upperclassmen, they were so welcoming um, to everybody, you know, regardless of your skill level at that, you know, when you actually played dodgeball, they were just, you know, hey, we just want everyone to be there. Uh, to play um and you know and then they taught me how to pinch right so uh i'll always have a soft spot for for pinch dodgeball even though i didn't really play the last couple years or last couple tournaments mostly due to my shoulder but um they taught me how to pinch so um i remember who was it uh b van you may have been familiar maybe not but uh b van had what we called the hammer throw it's just an over-the-top you know, pinch throw that would just sink and hit your shoelaces. So, um, you know, it was, it was devastating. So I, you know, him, I, I watched him, I learned how to do that. Um, and then there was a, a guy named Sam Murphy who would, you know, release the ball near his ankles and it would just curve all the way, you know, cross court in like a, <laughs> an arc. Um, you know, so I saw him do that and I was like, Hey, I want to do that too. And then when I got to higher competitive, um, tournaments and things like that just seeing um glenn was was a was a huge uh influence um because i remember i remember when uh i saw him because because when you when i started to like play with people in the in the dodgeball you know scene um they always mentioned glenn like glenn was the person like he was the person to beat like he and task force were the best team. Right. And I didn't really know exactly who, who they were at, at, when I was younger and just getting into the scene. But as, when I eventually you know saw them, 
and how they played, uh, you could tell. Um, you know, it's just like, wow, they they look like they've got their stuff together. And this dude um, is actually, yeah, he's actually really good. So I, you know, it was always sort of a goal of mine is like I want to be good enough to to play with them on that team. Um, you know, and eventually, obviously, I, I got to that point. <laughs> um, but it was, you know, watching Glenn um, and his and his whole team how they played. Uh, you know, was really an influence, and it was like, okay, so this is how you play the game well, and this is how you play if you want to win a lot. Um, you know, so and and there's still parts of, of of Glenn's game that I watch that I still, you know, I'm trying to trying to work on. Um, you know, so. Glenn was huge. Um, who else? You know what? Um, I'll say just certain uh, teams. Oh, Zarin. Uh, Zarin for sure. Um, him and so when I would play, when I was just first getting out of the scene, I, I play corner for the most part. And it always seemed like Zarin and I would be would be opposite each other, right? And you know Zarin. Zarin's a really good player. Yeah. He's hard. He's hard to hit, and he's he's really he's really sneaky at times, right? He's really good at you know at uh, sniping people, um, countering, right? So from him, I mean, I kind of understood what countering was, and I had kind of understood that that's something I want to have in my game when I played it at DePaul. But seeing him do it in non NCDA games. Um, and against me a lot, like, I can't even tell you how many times I would be frustrated that he would keep hitting me. <laughs> um, you know, that was something I learned. I was like, you know, he's got a pretty quick release and he's able to hit people at a time when they really can't hit him back. So that was something, uh, I learned and, and really tried to incorporate into, into my game. Um, and then, oh, this is getting pretty long, but I'll, I'll stop, I'll stop here. It's fine. Um, Keep just, it going. Just, just uh, when I see teams in general play really well together, um, you know, it it I like I like watching, and it's really enjoyable for to me to see really good good teamwork, right? So my first, once I had become you know more a little bit more established in the Chicago scene, right? I was I was playing with. Uh, task force and recreational tournaments but i think my first nationals i played with dwo and by that time you know uh, i had heard of this team doom right doom was the best team right so if you wanted to if you wanted to be the best you know you gotta you gotta play against doom and see them and i remember um you know i didn't know who they were because i didn't know anyone outside of the chicago scene so i was like all right well I'd, let's see this team and see how, how how good they are right so my first nationals i remember um, I don't remember when, I don't remember if it was when I, we actually played them or just watching them because I was like, oh, Doom is here. I should go see where they are. And my parents were there at that tournament. Hmm. Um, and my dad was there and I remember him. My dad didn't know anything really about dodgeball or at least competitive dodgeball at the time. Um, but I remember, you know, talking to him and he's like, Hey, have you seen this team in black? He's like, they're, they're really good. And I was like, well, who's that? And it ended up being Doom. So I'd watch them and, you know, they were the first Besides Task Force, they were the, the the next you know level where I saw a team really work well together um, and just you know obliterate everyone. And I was like, wow, that's something I want to strive for. Um, so 
I mean, and there were, I'm sure there were other people that I'm, that I'm forgetting that I, you know, say I would, I would look and be like, Hey, that person does something really well, better than I do. How do they do it? You know, let me try and, let me try and do that. Um, but those are the main, the main, you know, steps that I kind of, and people that I kind of looked up to, to, to really, I guess, get me to where I am now. Not a bad uh, uh, list of, of people to look up to, um, mm -hmm. especially if it got you where you are now, uh, as far as being recognized, as far as being established. And barring COVID, I think you would have done way more damage as well. Um, did I hear you? You said you had a shoulder injury. Um, how are you with that as far as rehab goes? Oh, um, it's been, you know, in short, really good, fully recovered. Um, I uh, actually played the first tournament I played in since having surgery was in a tournament that Tyler Underwood hosted in here in Chicago. It was called the Chicago Collision I played. Um, and it was just such a great feeling, um, you know, kind of a burden lifted off my shoulder because since having surgery, it's, you know, it's always in the back of your mind, like, oh, what if you can't go back to, to where you were? What if you're never going to be as good? You know, it's just super paranoid thoughts that I yeah. had in my head for like two years, right? So playing in that tournament, being able to throw pretty much uninhibited for the first time and it might be five five or six years without you know throwing and having some sort of pain um was just so freeing and and, and encouraging um so uh, you know i'm in a i'm in a good spot um and i'm just you know so we we're actually going to be at fdc um in november so i'm just counting the days um till i can play again and with a with a healed shoulder um <laughs> yeah so, because yeah, I had been dealing with it for two-ish years before I had surgery in 2019. Before that, it was about two years where I dealt with, you know, shoulder pain. And even before that, um, you know, but when I talked to my physical therapist, uh, you know, you know, I would talk to him about, you know, how it would felt, to, how it felt to play, you know, if I ever had injuries before that. And I may have had shoulder issues, you know, even years before that. So I don't even remember the last time before now when I played with a completely you know, pain-free body, but, um, yeah, really good now. Really excited to, to have, uh, had that surgery. I should have done it sooner. <laughs> I didn't know you were dealing with it for, for that long. That's actually yeah. incredible yeah. considering how dominant you were or are, I should say. Yeah. Um, Cause That's obviously really COVID hard. took that away from us as far as time goes. Yeah. But we'll definitely yeah. see you at FDZ. Yes. Yes. And it Sweet. definitely came at a, definitely came at a cost all those years. Um, <laughs> You know, the pain just got worse and it felt like I was, you know, reliant on pain relievers, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, but glad to be done with it. Well, we'll definitely toast a few beers to that when, we, uh, when Dallas comes around. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely looking forward to that. Though, like I said, I'm not sure if you can drink, so I'll get you a Capri Sun. So I'll call it that. <laughs> yeah, <it's> all... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you didn't think I give jokes too? Yeah, uh, pain this season. <laughs> oh man! And I'm gonna cut that too. I heard what you called me. Uh, <laughs> thought you let one slip. Um, all right. So, what is your pregame ritual uh, prior to a tournament? <laughs> uh, I I don't really have a pregame ritual. I would say. Um, yeah, I mean, so I definitely will have one now, right? So since I didn't really have anything, I didn't really take care of my 
my body too well um, prior to having surgery, but ever since working with a physical therapist um, and, you know, really learning what it, what it is to, to take care of my shoulder, especially since I don't want to, you know, be back working with him in another five years, you know, having another surgery. Um, I didn't have really have a pregame ritual before. I'd say the closest thing was usually having like McDonald's breakfast sandwiches before a tournament. That's the closest <laughs> thing I had to a pregame ritual. Um, but now what it will look like is, you know, not any, not out of any, you know, superstition or this is what I've always done. It'll be mostly out of necessity and, and, and self-care. It'll probably be, you know, trying to make sure I get good enough rest before probably not going to happen because, um, you know, the nights before tournaments, everyone's usually out, you know, you're seeing everybody, you know, hanging out. So that's probably not going to work out very well, <laughs> but, um, you know, trying to at least get good rest. Um, and then before the tournament, you know, I have a routine of stretches and things that my physical therapist gave me to do before any time I plan on using my arm extensively. So it'll be a series of stretches, um, a, a structured, you know, set of warm up throws from certain distances. Excuse me. <clears throat> you know, things things like that um, will be part of a pregame uh, ritual, so to speak. Yeah. Um... Especially now, I mean, I know unless you played in the the Kyle Roth series, as I guess we're going to call it, not many of us have played dodgeball in a long time. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, once the uh, FTC happens in Dallas in November, it, I feel like that's going to be like a three day weekend for most of us. Uh, Friday night's going to be a what we're going to call the pre party. Oh yeah. Then, yeah. You, then you're going to have the tournament on mm-hmm. Saturday. Then you're going to have the after tournament party. And then maybe after after party, and then whoever's brave enough to party again on Sunday. Uh, I don't see too many people flying out on Sunday. I mean, considering this will be the first time we all see each other in years. Yeah, that's going to be a three day weekend for everyone. Um, so I can understand that. <laughs> yeah, uh, unfortunately, I'll I'll have to be one of those people who who flies out uh, on Sunday, uh, mostly because you know I don't want to I don't want to leave my wife with the with the baby alone for not for too long i mean we have our parents so she won't be completely alone but you know i do yeah i do want to try and limit you know those extended stays especially when he's so little oh you know what i it's lucky you said that because um you know what you are a father and i have to respect that but if you hadn't explained that i probably would have forgot that you are a father because it's fairly (laughs) recent and I would have yeah. just called you a, a straight-up nerd for leaving on Sunday. You know what, though? I, I will give you that pass. You're a father. And you know yeah. what? Take care I of mean, yours. Yeah. I mean, and I did plan on, like, trying to leave at least a little bit later on Sunday so I could, you know, maybe go to breakfast with, you know, whoever. But freaking American Airlines, for whatever reason, I got a <laughs> notification not too long ago saying my flight, you know, out back home changed and now it leaves at like six in the morning i'm just like well wow that is unfortunate yeah um so as I'm someone who's just frequent, not gonna sleep that night <laughs> as someone who's a frequent flyer there i hope they don't do me dirty um if anyone yeah. from american airlines is listening this is a warning um <laughs> you will get yeah. blasted uh do you have any pre uh a, a playlist that you listen to before a tournament <sighs> You know what? I'm still kind of it's it's definitely a, a, a my mood at the moment type thing. I listen to just a huge variety of music, pretty much everything except uh, country or really heavy screaming music. 
Um, I can handle, you know, some light screaming, <laughs> but, uh, but anything else under the, you know, under the sun, um, I can listen to, you know, it could be, you know, I don't even know, rock, uh, uh, EDM. Uh, I even tried jamming out to some like classical, uh, you know, symphony type stuff. Um, cause mm. in high school I was actually a uh, part of the orchestra, which was pretty great. Um, but so, but that didn't really, that didn't really work. Uh, if anyone can, can get pumped to classical music, um, you have my respect because it did not work for me, but, but yeah, it'll be, it could be a mix of a bunch of stuff. So nothing specific, anything high tempo, really. It's got a, it's got a really good baseline, uh, extra, extra, um, emphasis there. I do play the, uh, electric bass so anything with a baseline usually gets me going <laughs> nice um so we're gonna get into the crowdsource questions and uh i almost had a band cap joke i'm just gonna leave that alone um <laughs> uh <laughs> and we're gonna start off with jeremy bizzle why are you so damn elusive um best i can best answer i can give is because i don't like getting hit um, so I don't, I don't, if I get hit, it means I have to come off the court and not play. So anything I can do to, uh, to avoid to that, avoid, avoid that from happening. Although I will say, I think up to this point, I, it's kind of been, uh, it kind of hinders me a little bit because, you know, when, when I'm playing my first, my first instinct is to, is to dodge or block, right? It's never really to, to catch. And I think that's the thing of my game that I really need to work on is, you know, catching more so um you know i might be getting hit more just because i'm trying to catch the ball but yeah i just, just don't like to get hit pretty simple because that means i can't play no nah, that's fair um but it I'm, also, kinda... I'm also sorry i'm also not a very large person in general no, so you know there's not as much of me to hit you're not wrong i mean i can't imagine you being able to reach the foot pedal in your car let alone watch over the steering wheel you um, mother <laughs> <laughs> I, I kid i kid you wear a booster seat got it um <laughs> you know what i think i think i'm done i think i'm gonna go i'm gonna go you gonna cry in the corner he can't he can't, he can't insult me yet <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> i'm so ruthless <laughs> It's all jokes out of love. It's all good. That's um, all right. That's all right. This is just you know excuse for when I see you. I can I can give you some back. That's cool. Uh, that's cool. I mean, you have to look up to see me, but that's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And um, I also wanted to piggyback on something. Uh, it's funny that you said you had trouble jumping um, when you started on trampolines. No, uh, no, not exactly. Well, trampolines. Um, you know what? Actually, now that I think of it, yeah, I didn't jump too much. Like I didn't have trouble jumping, but my instinct was to was to crouch or move to the move to the side. Uh -huh. um, yeah, I mean the thing. I, so I don't. I kind of don't like jumping when playing on trampolines too high anyway, because when you're up in the air, you can't really. You can't you really. You can't, yeah, you're, you're you're up there. You're kind of just stuck up there, right? It's like uh, like I always remember like one of my basketball coaches like you know it's a bad habit to to jump when you're dribbling to pass because as soon as you're up there, you know, you have to come back down and you have to get rid of the ball. Like you're stuck. You can only do like 
one of two things if you jump you know it's kind of the same with dodgeball like if i'm up there i'm just kind of like a sitting a sitting duck so but it wasn't so much that i had like a trouble jumping it was just i really had never thought to jump as much as i as i do now right like you know because i i would always early on i would get hit in my feet a lot um and i still get hit mostly in my feet now but that's just because uh i'm not you know completely useless with a, with a ball in my hand to block right <laughs> um so and you know that's that's how you get people out you know you, you hit their feet <clears throat> but um yeah i just you know saw him jump a lot and he, and he would dodge a lot so i was like you know what i should try jumping more because i had jumped a couple times but um you know he, he was just like a like a light bulb like hey you should jump more often sort of, hmm. sort of thing yeah okay um yeah no that makes sense uh, i used to play basketball and one of the things i always looked for um as a guard defending if somebody jumped a pass or somebody jumped a shoot i wouldn't go into their space so to speak not to like mm-hmm. undercut them yeah but there's only one way they can right. go they right. can only go so far up and once they go down that's what i'm looking for so you have yeah. a good point there i'll give you that um on top of the jokes you've received i'll, I'll give you that <laughs> smart moment uh sam hutter kind <laughs> no i'm not um, <laughs> yeah i know you're not <laughs> uh sarcasm noted uh sam hutter what kind of glue do you use on your hands are, are we saying you stick them in the north is that what you're doing no um <laughs> it's my only, it's just, you know my it's my spit <laughs> if anything like i said i don't think i'm particularly good at, at catching or consistent um so i'm actually kind of confused as to why she would imply that i uh can catch but you know i, um, I, can, I can catch but i i don't think i'm particularly good at it so so no glue and 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 maybe i should invest in some <laughs> fair enough um also um during these times i'm gonna ask you not to do not to spit in your hands uh, let's not do oh, that yeah 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 <laughs> please <laughs> thank you all right um my teammate ask a broad a, a series of questions uh it seems like these are some inside jokes here um mm-hmm. definitely one of my favorite people on and off the court i love you whitney first question what is your favorite episode of favorite episode of the new yankee workshop yeah so um this is a conversation that that she and i had so i over uh during lockdown i started a a new hobby a new hobby of uh of woodworking and there's this show that she told me about, which is the one she mentioned, um, which is in an older show. This dude who would just, you know, he would just make stuff and, and show you how and things like that. Um, and she told me about it. And I was like, oh, great. Because at the time I was just trying to consume as much content, you know, uh, that I could. So that was just another um, thing. So I was really thankful for her to, to, to tell me about that. Unfortunately, uh, I never actually watched an episode. So, oh. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Wit. So, uh, I guess I don't have a favorite episode. Favorite. They're all my favorite, Whitney. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're going to pay for that for sure. Because yeah, um, yeah, we're both going to be in Dallas. So, oh, just like, so you know, you're going to deal it. You're going to deal with it on both ends. Maybe um, I'll watch an episode before then. Well, you better watch before this airs. I'll tell you that much and answer it in the comments. <laughs> Um, number two, jeez, ha- ah, this one made me laugh so hard. Uh, number two is a two-part question. 
how's dad life been treating you? And did you go with the New Balance or Nike Monarchs? <laughs> this is this is a this is a good one. Uh, the first one, um, Dad Life is, is is pretty great. Um, I could definitely use more sleep, as I'm sure everyone <laughs> kind of assumes when you when you become a a parent. You know, you don't sleep as much. Definitely true. Um, but I I really I really can't complain. Um, <clears throat> my wife and I. Just having a, a grand old time. And you, you mentioned earlier that you forgot I was uh, a father. It's funny because sometimes like I kind of do as well. Mm-hmm. Like when I when I had to make a doctor's appointment for uh, for for Ezra. That's that's my son Ezra. He uh, they they asked like who's this who's calling. I was like I'm uh, his father. <laughs> it was it was just so weird to refer to myself as someone's father, um, right? So, but it's it's been great. Uh, the the kids great. Um, I'm enjoying it. Uh, yeah. Well, let's get to the real meat of the question. Yeah, man. yeah the real meat of the question. New balance uh, or <laughs> Nike Monarchs, bro? If for anyone who doesn't know, let me just let me set this up. As a father, and I, I don't know if this is a worldwide trope or strictly an American thing. Um, stereotypically, dads will always have this this genuine look. They'll rock a polo some cargo shorts, but sometimes they'll switch to Nike Monarchs, which are the cheapest white nurse looking shoes you could ever find oh, yeah. or anything New Balance. Um, so I don't know if it's a worldwide thing. I needed to address that for the audience ahead. Uh, but yeah, let, let's hear it. What, what kicks you rocking, man? Anyways, I have to say uh, New Balance because <laughs> I have a pair of those New Balance all white dad shoes and uh, not by a choice. So as a, when we had our baby shower, my group of friends that I play uh, video games with pretty regularly, they sent me those, the dad <laughs> shoes. They sent me a pair of, uh, I don't even know what the, what the, they're just white New Balances. Uh, so yeah, they're I mean, in my, that's all they're they are. My, yeah, they're in my closet. Um, you know, it, it's it's also funny because you know part of that that joke is is that they grill, right? They grill or cut grass in those yeah. shoes. And you do. Uh, I, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't normally, but they, they told me, you know, um, for father, for Father's Day, my mom got me a grill. <laughs> <laughs> so all the, all the pieces are coming together. All the pieces uh, are coming together. <laughs> yeah, but I, so I told my friends uh, that they got, they got me the shoes that when they, when I finally have them over and I make, you know, I grill for them, I'll, I'll have the shoes on. Um, so. It's only right, man. It's like the circle of life. Yeah, um, I guess uh, so. It's kind of like uh, if you ever done martial arts and you work hard enough, you get your black belt. Um, mm-hmm. If you ever, you know, play professional baseball, football, soccer, you always keep that ball. You scored the first touchdown, home run, goal, mm-hmm. whatever. And whenever you reach fatherhood, magically, you'll either get a pair of Nike Monarchs or New Balance shoes. And maybe a gift card from Bass Pro Shop. I don't know. I mean, all the pieces have come together. It's just yeah. like the universe just yeah. telling you they're evolving. Like, I don't know if anyone's played Pokemon or as many people have. Um, once you reach a certain level, you get certain traits. Yep. You can't buy monarchs. They just happen. They just, they just appear. <laughs> they just appear. Oh, you have your firstborn? Here's your first pair. And yeah. that's how it happens. <laughs> and, and it's it's funny because now, now that I think of it, I always 
kind of had that mentality. So I've never been like a huge uh, shoe person, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So like, as far as I can remember, if you look at all the pairs of my shoes that I've had since I was like in high school, they're all pretty much black with white trim, either Asics or Under Armour or Nike shoes, just because um, black goes, black and white goes with everything. And I was just more of a laziness, like, let me just get shoes that can go with everything. So I've always had that kind of mentality. Let me just get the same pair of shoes over and over again. It just wasn't those white Nike or, <laughs> or New Balance. Um, <laughs> yeah. So maybe it was always, it was always meant to be. Needless to say, you were a father in the making. Um, <laughs> and coming from a sneakerhead, yes, I do love variety, but you did make a point. Uh, white and black go with everything. Um, her third question, do you think the global pandemic was triggered because your shoulder was fixed and the universe can't handle that kind of power? So are you to blame for this? Oh, God, I hope not. Uh, that's, that's, oh, yeah, I don't want to think about that. You don't want to think about that? Uh, no, <laughs> if I was responsible for what's going on now. Um, but, you know, it, she jokes, but it, it actually, as terrible as COVID has been and is and seems like will continue to be for for a while, um, it's kind of been a blessing, at least for, for uh, myself and my wife, right? Because it, it, as far as my surgery goes, it couldn't have happened at a, at a, at a better time. Right. Cause I didn't really miss dodgeball in my recovery. Right. Um, you know, that was, you know, I specifically got it at the end of the season so that, um, I would miss minimal dodgeball. Right. I know I was going to miss a good amount just cause you know, yeah. when I, when I, when I got it, I knew it was going to be about a year to get back to, you know, somewhat pre pre-surgery, um, you know, use of, use of my shoulder, uh, shoulder, but, you know, all of a sudden, um, no dodgeball, no sports, you know, I was free to focus solely on recovery. Um, you know, so it, it you know, it, it really, it really was a blessing. Um, in, in that regards, you know, I, uh, I got to be home with, uh, with, with my wife, family, you know, and the student loans freaking student loans um they got you know paused i think they still are on pause yeah. so like you know the money that i wasn't sending to my loans anymore we're saving for for a house so uh, i picked up a new hobby which i love so you know covid the the, the lockdown was kind of cool for us you know, as, as terrible as it has been for dodgeball and, and so many so many people i i wouldn't want it to happen again but fortunately you know we were able to make the best of it i mean that's all we can do and yeah. uh i think it kind of hit me why i forgot you had a child is because um and this is just coming from my perspective i'm sure other people have as well um after round one dallas last year it seemed like everything like that's when everything kind of kicked off in the worst way so for me in my mind it's like i hate to say it, but it felt like life paused for a lot of people yeah so, you know, I'm like, you know, maybe some people broke up, maybe some people got together during that time. But for mm -hmm. me, it's like, it takes a, cause I always align my, my calendar with dodgeball. So if anything happened, yeah, I can be like, okay, this happened before this round, this happened before that round, but with no rounds happening, right, wrong, or indifferent. And that's probably why I forgot you had to have a kid. Um, 
So uh, that's just a little insight there. I think some people might share, some people might not, but mm -hmm. I think well, it's... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> don't uh, don't kick yourself in the butt too hard. I mean, <laughs> um, I so he we we had him uh, almost four months ago. So like when it you know when we were in that that serious lockdown right from March to whenever it was of of twenty twenty, um, didn't have a, a kid. wasn't a, wasn't a fire Fair enough. So yeah. <laughs> and uh, number four, and this is something that I actually did not know. Um, so we're gonna have to play a game one day. How often do you play Loteria? Oh, Loteria, for those who don't know, is uh, <laughs> basically Mexican bingo. Pretty much. <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> with, with very colorful images. Uh, the answer to that <laughs> is not as much as I should have or should, should be playing Loteria. The last time I played was, <laughs> this was Whitney again, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because the last time I played was uh, was in was it was it Dallas or Austin? I don't remember, but last nationals was the last time I played, and it's because Austin, you know, Austin, yeah, yeah, because she was there, she played with us. We had corruption over some some other people, and uh, yeah, that was just a uh, uh, me, Gordo, and Andy, just like, hey, when are we gonna play Loteria? <laughs> of, I think there's others like a, a vine uh based uh, loteria based fine um that we we love to to watch so it was just like yeah we better play loteria when we're all together at nationals and that's you know what, we, what? Um, what we did <laughs> it's funny because i'm i've known whitney for almost four years and she never mentioned that to me i'm actually <laughs> kind of and i was up in seattle want to say three weeks ago and she did not mention that to me i definitely would have brought my uh I brought my cards and we would have definitely played. Um, but yeah, no, to anyone who doesn't know, it's, it's mainly like a Mexican version of bingo um, with colorful characters instead of leather, letters. Uh, it's played in not just in Mexican families, but Spanish families as a whole. Uh, yeah. Sometimes for money, uh, also mm -hmm. like spades and dominoes. It's a major staple in Latin communities. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I know my family, like it, it, my family, whenever we get together, we get really competitive over three things and food isn't one of them because everyone can cook. Mm -hmm. So one, we play spades, Ooh, nice. uh, <laughs> dominoes and loteria. And we often play for 30, 50 bucks a game. You said, wait, what did you say? 30 to 50 bucks a game Dang. at these family outings. <laughs> we get real. So, uh, <laughs> especially in spades if you if you become the worst spades partner you not getting the christmas card for like 10 years like it just we and get real broke. that way and you're broke exactly so. <laughs> <laughs> any family get together no like no i've i know uncles to this day who have not talked to each other since i was 20 over a game of spades. oh yeah <laughs> game, of spades, yeah. game of loteria um yeah it, it gets real i it's uh i think we have we have that in common that that that, that they, so another thing um i mean you mentioned me being a pretty big nerd and yeah you you <laughs> I haven't even told you about like uh board games right so i have like a huge oh. collection of board games i have like 60 some board games uh now jeez yeah so my family we we, we play uh a lot of board games and we have fam we have family poker nights but they don't get as expensive as uh as as your your spades games get 
It's spade, so, dominoes, loteria. Yeah. Like, so, so, like we're just competitive. I think that's the diametric difference is that yeah. we're competitive. And eh, some of us trash talk, some of us don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we're we're competitive. But we put we I guess we play high stakes comparison to you. Um, yeah. But yeah, when you mentioned board games, I'm actually looking at my board game collection. I have like five board games. I have um, two variations of Risk. Ooh, uh, nice. One Halo and one uh, Resistance. I don't know if you ever played that game on PlayStation. Oh, uh, yeah, with the Camaro? Yeah. Yes. Oh, that just brings back so many memories. Oh. The, the, first, the, first one, the first one was, uh, was Co-op. That was one right. of the games that my brothers and I... Um, <laughs> or my, me and Josiah would wake up early uh, in the mornings when no one else was using the TV because we had a big household, right? We always had to share the TV. Um, yeah. We would get up early and we would play uh, Resistance, The Fall of Man. The Fall of Man. Like, yeah, great game. <sighs> I'm sorry. We got a little too nerdy for everyone. Um, but yeah, no, Resi- Resistance 2 was my personal favorite. Oh, I I don't remember that one. I remember I actually played the third one recently on PlayStation Now because you know they have like old yeah. older older titles. Yeah, um, the first one's still my still my favorite. Uh, you never played the second one? I did. I played all of them, but I just don't remember. Oh, okay, that. okay. I was about to say because or third one. Yeah. Oh no! I, um, one of my favorite series is Metal Gear, but mm-hmm. secondary would be uh, Castlevania, Resistance, and Gears of War. And I have I want to say like seven books seven novels on resistance that take place in between games wait there are books yes resistance like gears of war um they had novels that took place either in between the games that you played or from a different perspective of a character in the game so the you're talking about books for gears of war or for resistance both oh snap (laughs) At this point, we probably lost the audience, but yes, yeah, we had probably. a moment. <laughs> we probably we had a moment. Um, but, but yeah, I, dude, Google them. You can. I, I think you buy them all for like fifty bucks as a package. Um, but yeah, they're 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 good reads. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you for that. If I had known this back in Minneapolis, we would have definitely. Uh, I would have had more camera time with you for sure. Oh well, you know. <laughs> now we know. Now we know. Um, Felix Peroni. Um, for everyone who doesn't know Felix Peroni, this is just for the international audience. Um, whenever this man asks a question, you have to question his mental state when he's asking this question. Because his questions are often, what would you rathers? And they're very twisted. I Dare I say, this guy's like Tobin Bell from Saul. He wants you to play a game <laughs> for your life. With that, um, would you rather never be able to shower again baths only or eat an entire book of matches once a month for the next 20 years so so first i'll say felix felix's questions uh don't bother me because they don't come close to the weird crap that task force uh and i get up those hypothetical would you rathers they get so stupid and weird half half of the time we're at tournaments off the court we spend debating like stupid hypotheticals to like ridiculous uh uh points you know it's just like you know all right we've spent 45 minutes debating whether uh whether a a a bagel with cream cheese is a sandwich or not you know it is like it it is yes we may we may have to talk about that 
later. But, you know, just stuff like that's not even like the most outlandish example. But, you know, it's a stupid hypothetical. So getting back to Felix's question, I, unless I'm missing something, I feel like that's an easy question. I'd rather take baths and not shower than eat a book of matches. I, so, like, mostly for a – unless I'm missing something. One – um. No, actually, yeah, okay. I, I don't know why I would oh, eat why a book of matches. Okay, so is that a reference gonna, to something that I'm missing? I guess I don't even know how old he is. Um, that's beside the point. So I want to get into the the reply. So Shadid Drakeford, who is a major staple in the NCDA community as well as the overall mm-hmm. dodgeball community as a whole, um, please, he said, "Please never be able to shower again." So I guess he's preferring to eat a book of matches, which is weird. Again, definitely a reference I'm missing. Um, but yes, Felix Peroni, he had like one of his most twisted questions. I think he asked someone, I can't, I can't remember who. He said, he asked someone, and maybe, maybe it'll come to me later. He asked someone, would you rather eat, would you, would you rather eat a jar of mayonnaise or make out with, what's his name? Ah. Kevin Bailey from Grand Rapids for 20 minutes. Oh, he asked that to someone. <laughs> so, all right. So I, so I hate, I, I really don't like mayo. So having to eat a whole jar of mayo <laughs> sounds effing terrible to me. Um, making out with Kevin Bailey honestly doesn't sound that bad. I mean, he's 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 a he's a good he's a good looking dude. I mean, right? But it's twenty minutes. That's a long time. That's such a long time to do anything, right? I, I'm so, just I'm just thinking like who? I'm like trying to was, remember. Like if it was if it was eat a whole jar of mayo or kiss Kevin Bailey, it's easy. I'd, I'd rather kiss Kevin Bailey. But if you make out with him for twenty minutes. That's that's too long. That's a that's, yeah, a, that's a duration. That's a yeah, duration we question. we got too much to do. Um, yeah, I, I'm rather, just trying to remember who he asked that to. I'm trying yeah. to remember who he asked that to. But regardless, it, it doesn't matter. It just I just want to give an insight on how twisted Felix is. Um, and then you kind of mentioned the hypotheticals, twisted and long spent, winded conversations. And here we behold, Glenn Spacer. If you were stranded on an island with your current task force team. Who would you guys eat first? So I, so I, I thought, I thought pretty hard about this one because I was like, "Dang, <laughs> that's a really good question." Um, and it's on the chopping block. Think, yeah, I've got, a, I've got a couple, a couple answers. First, I think it would be whoever dies first, right? If you die first, you know, or and we need to eat, we're gonna eat you. You're, you're dead. Um, so if we're ever on an island task force don't die first if you don't, <laughs> don't, if, you don't want, if you don't want to get eaten outside of that if we had to choose if i had to choose i'd probably pick gordo just not because i don't <laughs> not because i don't like him or anything i love gordo but i i feel like it would be the least issue with him right because gordo's gordo's like a, a super laid back you know go with the flow type of person right so i feel like if i went to gordo and i was like gordo you know we decided we need to eat you first i feel like 
he might be a little mad, but he, I feel like overall he'd be like, all right, fine. He'd probably he'd probably call me a racist first. Um, <laughs> you know, that's that's just that's our default um, uh, reply to be, to each other. Um, so he probably he'd probably call me a racist for for choosing him, even though we're the same nationality. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then eventually, I feel like he'd just be like, "All right, I guess y'all y'all are gonna have to eat me." But I don't think we would like eat him alive. He'd you know. If he, He'd be dead first, obviously. He'd be dead first. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I wouldn't just like walk up to him and just like bite his arm or something. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Gordo. Sorry, man, but I mean, he's, he's taking dead, the L. He, he's taking he, the L on that one. Yeah. Um, so I guess if Glenn asks this kind of question, it kind of gives me an insight on how you guys are on like on road trips and stuff. Yeah. Um, kind of twisted. Um, Glenn, I did not expect that. But then again, I've never been in a car full of task force members. So who knows what would entail if I were to be in it. It's a good time. Uh, it's one of my favorite places to be, for sure. Oh, I know. It sounds like fun. Um, I remember there was this video a couple years ago where you guys had a a road trip. And I don't remember where. But you guys legit had a serial draft. Oh, yeah. And yeah. like, you guys are treating this like the NFL playoffs or draft mm-hmm. and you guys are drafting cereals mm-hmm. you guys are a corny fun bunch that's all i gotta say but i love it um <laughs> i love it so much and um with that i want to say this has definitely been a fun interview definitely nerdy filled um i definitely enlightened uh nico on resistance novels that he's definitely going to go google after this yeah and <laughs> But I'm going to hit you in the gut with this one, and I hope you had time to think about Oh, You definitely had time to think about it. So at the end of every interview in season five, I've been asking the legacy question. So mm-hmm. Nico Nodal, uh, Chicago Task Force, and Orphans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How would you like to be remembered once you play your final game? Oh, man, that's uh, such a hard question. It's definitely something I've never ever thought about um because i don't plan on you know uh, stopping uh my career anytime soon i feel like i am just kind of possibly getting into uh, a second prime i guess with a new shoulder and things like that um you know but i guess man legacy to leave behind i think i know i think i definitely at least like to be known as as um an elite level player, you know, high, uh, high tier, I guess, if, if you will, um, just, you know, not, not for any sort of pride type of thing. Um, I, I mostly for myself, like, you know, I've spent so much time playing this game. Um, you know, I've played pretty much at every level you can, um, at, you know, at right now. And, uh, I would hate to think that at the end of my career, I've put so much time into playing and trying to, to, to get better and, and, and work on myself to, to not be a good player. Right. I think the, I think to, to think of my career as a waste of time is really what I would want to avoid. I mean, it's not been a waste of time, you know, this, the, the old, you know, the Paul dodgeball coming out of me, I, I've had such a good time. I never would have thought that I would spend, 
you know, so much of my life playing, playing dodgeball, but it's, you know, honestly been one of the best things that's ever, that's ever happened to me. Um, so, you know, it's definitely been worth it, but as far as, you know, the competitive part of me, I would hate to think that I spent so much time playing and not, and, and not have gotten good. <laughs> um, you know, so I would like to, you know, be remembered as someone who was, you know, elite, high, a high level player, um, which I think I will, but, you know, um, I say as far as like a goal type of thing, I'd like to be, I'd like to be remembered as someone uh, who won, who won a lot. So like, uh, you know, I'd really like to win a national, a national championship, you know, whatever the equivalent, you know, the, you know, elite national, um, whatever it will be, you know, with the circuit, you know, the U- USA dodgeball going forward. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's something I would really like to, to get to, I, I would absolutely, um, love to play for for team USA again and win a gold medal. That would, that would just be a, you know, I, I'd be able to die absolutely happy knowing that uh, I did that. <clears throat> so, so goals to, to strive for, but I think overall, I'd just like to be remembered as, as a good player and someone who was, someone who was, um, you know, and, and a good, good teammate, someone who let, helped other people love the game the way that, that I, that I love it. So <clears throat> a couple things I wanted to tackle, um, as far as that goes, um, it's clearly been evident that you're really, you're really humble about yourself. Um, almost to a point where I would say, and again, this is not me trying to make a short joke. <laughs> I just want <laughs> to get that out of the way. Um, but you're very humble. That is very evident. Um, I don't want, in, in a way, it kind of does sound like you're selling yourself short because, you know, God forbid if you were to die, um, I don't want you to think that you didn't accomplish what you're, your legacy is because anyone who knows Nico, um, the name Nico, I should say, uh, for everyone listening, he's an elite player. Um, he played for Team USA, uh, 2017? Uh, 20... No, it was 17. It was one of those, one of those years. It was in Canada. Yes, some, one of those. Yeah, so that would have been 2017. Um, so he played for Team USA, um, multiple combine invites, um, He's a captain of now the staple, one of the one longest running teams in the country in uh, task force. So on that end, um, I would say having the captaincy of a huge staple team in the United States with a lot of veterans behind you, supporting you, the young guy, um, y- your legacy is cemented through that level of respect that was bestowed upon you. Um, oh, that being you. said, I will say, um, if you're looking for any kind of validation, this is me giving it to you, man. Um, I know you're humble, so this is going to be my. Appreciate it. This is going to be my way of like, okay, he can be humble. He can not say what he's feeling, or maybe he doesn't know. I don't know. Um, so I'll say it for you, man. Um, Appreciate it. Thank to be, you. To be as young as you are, to captain that team, there's a level of respect that they have for you. There's a level of love they have for you. Um, whether they show it, you know admirably or through jokes or random panting moments, which I, I guess they, that happens 
few Gordo, and far between. Gordo is the reason that I make sure I like tie the the drawstrings <laughs> yeah. on all my shorts. He's um, just trying to keep you on your toes, bro. Um, yeah, thanks, Gordo. There's a there, there's a level of camaraderie there that would not be bestowed upon anyone else outside of you through that team. That's that's one thing I wanted to tackle on. Um, another thing. You left a lot of great impressions on people. Uh, when I reached out to people for certain stories, I literally got flooded with several that we talked about, and I'm sure I'm probably forgetting one or two. Um, so, but to say that you're a good player, no, uh, you're a great player, bro. You really Thank are. You. You're a staple. You'd be a staple to any team, whether as a captain, as a teammate, and I could say that because I was like, again, I was filming you guys for a bit, and um, you connect with everyone really well. Uh, I, I see that team as a family, but oh, yeah. looking at looking yeah. back on it during my time, I see you as like the central part of that family, Captain, but <laughs> it, it explains it. It explains yeah. it. No, it really does. Um, not to say that I know everyone too personally, but mm-hmm. when I noticed that you were an integral part of that, you're the glue that held everything together, the, the captaincy was only right for you to have and to lead with. And even though we didn't have dodgeball last year, um, 2020, it would have been. It would be good to see what that looks like going in the future, um, barring any COVID outbursts or out- outbreaks or yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm glad to hear that you have your shoulder healed. Um, yes. But mm-hmm. make no mistake, I'm gonna talk all that smack, and you're gonna hear it on and off the court for me because I love you very much, man. Oh, thank you. I, I and, appreciate um, it. Interviewing you has been an honor, and if anything, your legacy cemented with me. Uh, it's that you're very humble. You're a strong leader. Let, let's not get that twisted. You're a strong leader. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you play uh, play on the on the court. And I'm hoping to grab a few beers with you after. Thank you. Oh, yeah, definitely. I can't can't wait to see you, everyone else. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm a huge, huge fan of the, the podcast. You guys, you guys are doing great work. Honored to be on here. Um, and, yeah, I, again, I, can't, I can't wait to get on the court with you. <laughs> you and everybody else it's uh sometimes all i can think about so <laughs> the honor is mine <laughs> yeah. so um before we wrap this up do you have any shout outs you'd like to give um well you thanks for thanks for doing this uh steve um for you know uh running the the, the podcast um everyone else who's put work on the podcast you know good stuff um everyone on task force you know you guys are you know another little family to me (laughs) uh you guys have really made you know my career so far uh so much enjoyable um depaul dodgeball oh so many good times sometimes i do wish i could go back to uh ncda you know not to not exactly to play that rule set um i will say <laughs> might make it might make some ncda people mad but, you know it's not my it's not my favorite rule set now that i now that i've played elite but it will always have a special place in my heart um so many great memories um and experiences playing in ncda and uh yeah i mean just everyone you know stick in there it's uh it's been a long what year and a half jeez it's been a year and a half um you know i know it's it's probably been hard for for a good number of people so just keep riding it out you know um yeah that's pretty much it uh yeah get vaccinated if you haven't um i don't know that's gonna ruffle some feathers but i don't care 
get vaccinated if you can, guys. Protect yourselves, everyone yeah. you love. Um, and if not, uh, more importantly, so that we can have dodgeball back reliably and uh, so that it doesn't have to go away. Right. I mean, that's, that's I mean, you know, probably the, the main reason I got vaccinated. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it does ruffle some feathers, I got hands and no one wants to test them. Um, <laughs> but this definitely been fun, man. Um, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Um, sorry. <laughs> Go everyone, for it. At, everyone at USA uh, at USA Dodgeball, uh, what you guys have been doing for the sport, um, despite you know what's been going on, uh, is, has been has been great. It's been really cool to see um, dodgeball from where I, when I started grow into what it is now. So everyone at USA Dodgeball, keep doing what you're doing. I can't wait to uh, to play with everybody. Sweet. All right, and on that note, we will wrap up. All right, everyone, and that was my interview with Nico. Uh, Nico, thank you so much for hopping on and sharing with us your story, along with sharing a few laughs, nerdy moments, and even being the butt of a few of my jokes. Uh, I definitely think Dallas is going to be fun once we get to that point. I'm literally counting down the days myself. Um, That was easily one of the most fun interviews I've had. Uh, All the interviews I've had have been fun, but this one was really fun. Uh, Whenever I can get nerdy, it's always a bonus. And uh, Nico, <laughs> thanks for the opportunity. Um, stay tuned for my next guest. I'll announce that shortly. So if you listened up until this point, thank you so much and have a wonderful day.